0: I watched my drunk father beat up my mother. I watched him be carried out on a stretcher when he was super drunk. And then he killed himself. I grew up with a mother who was detached due to depression for most of my life up with a mother who was gone because she had such severe physical birth trauma that she needed to be in a rehabilitation facility. And then I lived with a man who saw me as a servant and let out his self-hatred by ordering me around, sometimes physically, moving and pushing and holding onto my wrists to see how long I could take it. I grew up sometimes not knowing where my next meal would be coming from because there was no money. Some weeks I went struggling to know how I will pay anything the next. I grew up having friends who abandoned me from one day to the next without ever having an explanation for it. In my 20s, my mother met another alcoholic who beat her up again. I was in a relationship in which I was made to feel never enough, where I was scared to be with my partner, and scared not to be, in case the consequences were severe. And so much more I've repressed that I can't even say. But all of that is is not enough. Or is it? Welcome to the Mental Health Podcast. I'm Tim and I invite you to talk about mental health. Um, Before I begin, as always, a brief disclaimer, I am in no shape or form a mental health professional. I'm just a man who experienced um, breaks in his mental health and the recovery in his mental health. I would like to bring other people on the same journey if possible. Today's topic is one I've been dreading because is there any way I can give it justice me in this format with this little experience and it is trauma which so many people experience some on a daily basis over and over again some once but it follows them forever but what is trauma it's been In the news, it's been in the media. People talk about it um, for a while now, which is great. But sometimes it feels that people don't really know what that trauma is. What is trauma in our mental health? Because physiologically speaking, it's very easy to see or to know what a trauma or traumatic event is when there was a severe harm to a body. A bruise, a cut, a broken bone, pierced skin. Those are all definitions of trauma to the body. And you can see them. You can see, oh, that that person with the cast on, with the scar, with the bandage, with the ice pack, they've experienced trauma. They are in pain. Let's help them. But a person that has experienced psychological trauma quite often doesn't show any scars, even though they have them and they are just as severe. A psychological traumatic event can range from something that is a big, massive, once experience, for example, people that have experienced the destruction of the Twin Towers on September 11, not the ones in the tower that have died, although that obviously was traumatic, don't get me wrong, but the people that witnessed it and experienced the fear, the sheer um, tragedy, the the loss of life, the loss of security, the loss of trust, and that was just there was one day a few hours in a day and people carry those scars for a lifetime but it can also be something small in quotation marks because nothing about trauma is small um but that happens over and over and over and over again someone made to feel like they are invalid over and over again who they are is wrong over and over and over again, that is trauma, that leaves severe scars on our mental health and our minds. And some of them can even be made visible with um, with with um, MRI scans to see where we hurt in our brain. People tend to ignore that something with our mental health does have physiological consequences, but we just can't see them because they're inside us. So we take them less seriously, but they are as serious. Traumatic events or trauma is something that we take with us for the rest of our lives. With therapy, we can, we can become able to um, work through them, but it is something that we have forever. And it shapes our behavior, it shapes our thoughts patterns, it shapes our belief system, it shapes who we are. When you break your arm. The broken arm heals. But if you break your arm in a car accident. That you. Um, that you are responsible for. Or that you are not responsible for. That also does something to you, To your psychology. And that scar takes much longer to heal. Being. Feeling safe in a car again. If that's ever possible again for you. Feeling safe being driven by someone else. Feeling safe driving yourself feeling safe of other people. That may never happen again. It can become possible with help, counseling, therapy, but it may never happen again. And we dismiss this so easily. But why? Why is that the case? Um, Well, the easy answer is it protects us, even if it doesn't feel like it. But trauma is a response to have feeling fear, feeling out of control, um, not being able to process what you're experiencing in that moment. And the fear, even though it doesn't feel like it, but fear is something that protects us. Fear is what keeps us alive. When we were um, you know, living in the wild, um, the fear was what kept us from going out by ourselves. The fear kept us alert of predators that could harm us or kill us. And now we don't really have that many predators, you know, unless you are not a white man, then you have quite a few predators who look like me. Um, but the fear that we now experience tr- still tries to warn us. So when we have a traumatic event, be it being um, someone that we trust hurting us physically, sexually, or mentally. That memory keeps going with us because the fear tries to protect us, tries to make, stop that from happening again and again. So when we are, when we were living in the wild, um, fear kept us alive. Where there was a animal or predator that was trying to harm us, um, our body would release lots of adrenaline, and cortisol, so that we could either pretend to be dead, so that the predator isn't, you know, um, not as, no, no, could be. Um, so that we could fight. So the hormones would be released so that we could um, either fight or run away, flight. That's the so-called fight or flight response. Um, And all these hormones go through our body. Our heart beats faster, we breathe faster, we're more alert, and that happens when we experience a traumatic event. Our body gets ready to either fight or flight or Another response um, that's not as familiar for people who have not experienced trauma, but probably most people that have experienced trauma, especially abusive trauma, will have experienced is the basically just accepting your fate, just taking it and trying to not be in your body at the time, trying to escape somehow and accepting what is happening to you is happening to you. out of fear that if you fight, it'll get worse or if you try to flee, it'll get worse. So another protective measurement is that your body just shuts you off and that's what happens happen to you. But the problem that we have is that that reaction carries. It is not going to just, it usually doesn't just happen in the moment but it keeps happening. We keep having a reaction to the traumatic event, even though we're already out of that event. And our body just goes haywire. And that is what we call PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. And way back um, in the Iliad, Homer already described some of those uh, symptoms of PTSD, which uh, some will may have heard of it in the first world war being called shell shock um because the war had become so incredibly dehumanizing that people couldn't handle it there was so much violence and so much continuous brutality but PTSD is not something that you know that can only uh, happen to people that have been to war it is something that happened or can happen to anyone who who experiences trauma um that we relive the situation even though we're no longer in it and our body relives the situation and makes us feel as if we are in the situation. And that can happen because of triggers. Um, For example, if you've been abused by someone and then you read a book or see a film or someone talks about their own abusive experience or in general about people experiencing abusive um, uh, relationships, that can, bring you back into that moment and you can have a severe bodily reaction to that, which is why trigger warnings exist and there is a debate whether or not they're, you know, good or bad because we still need to be able to have conversations about things, but also people that have severe PTSD or have experienced traumatic events, you know, should be able to feel safe in the world they live in um, without being put back into the situation. Um, So there's a discussion to be had, how we can do this best for everyone. Um, and other, there's many resources where uh, you can see what kind of symptoms come with PTSD, and I'll link some of those in the show notes or in the description below. But I'm gonna focus a bit more on the fact that especially men don't talk about their trauma. And why that is, because If we look at the literature, more women experience trauma than men. But is that because more women disclose their trauma and seek help? Or is it because men traumatize women more? Because that's usually the case, that women experience um, sexual abuse or harassment or physical violence on the hands of men. Not only, but the majority. And that's something we need to except that is not something where you can now be like, well, that's, you know, I've experienced this. Yes, you have probably. But if you look at the society and the grand scheme of things, it's still women. But that, and that is my next point, doesn't mean that your trauma is less valid. Because on the one hand, um, one of the reasons why men don't disclose, uh, disclose their trauma is they don't accept that they have trauma or they don't accept that it is enough trauma, which is what I uh, talked about in the beginning. Some men experience really severe traumatic events. They, severe, they experience the worst things imaginable, but because of the way we've, uh, we've been brought up and the way the society tells us to be, we man up and we swallow it and we don't talk about it and we don't accept mm-hmm. That is something that could have an effect on us and in who we are and how we live and how we treat other people. And that that could make us traumatize other people as a reaction to our own trauma. Because men don't cry. At least not in front of other people. Um, But another aspect is that People that have experienced trauma and men that have experienced trauma don't feel seen. Even if they talk about it, we don't allow them to be traumatized. We don't allow them to be vulnerable, so we don't see them. And then as soon as they hear someone else talk about their trauma, they feel, well, but I've had it worse than that. Why should I? Why should I care about you when nobody cares about me? So I don't care about your trauma because nobody cares about mine. Even though most likely that person whose trauma they see or hear about is not the person that doesn't accept their trauma. Because the trauma that men tend to not see is not only the trauma by other men, but also by other groups. There is a big majority of our society who are on a daily basis being traumatized by us men. And that is not to say all men are, all men are shit, all men are terrible. I'm not saying this, I am a man. But if we don't accept that that happens then we won't stop it and it will continue. And if we don't accept that our trauma is real and that we are suffering from it. Then we don't accept other people's trauma. And I've I've been there most of my life. I've feel I felt like, well, this is just how life is supposed to be. Oh, I just I have to move on because and that is yet another aspect, survival. Why lots of people that experience trauma don't talk about it or don't process it in a healthy way is because we don't have the time or we don't have the opportunity or we don't have the luxury, in quotation marks, because it shouldn't actually be a luxury. But a lot of my life, I didn't have the opportunity to process my trauma because I just needed to get on with life. When I've experienced something traumatic, I couldn't just stay at home and reflect on it or process it. I needed to go to work. I needed to, you know, somehow get money to to pay for my rent and for food. Um, And that's how I dragged it with me for years and years until when I was 29. It all came crashing down on me. Um, And that's what happens to many people. But then again, as soon as those people that weren't allowed or that weren't able to process um, their traumatic events, hear other people talk about their traumatic events in order for them to process them, they can't accept that because they weren't allowed. As if allowing someone else makes it harder for them to allow for themselves. And that doesn't just go away. To this day, to this day, after all the things I've been through, after all the therapy I've had, after all the self-reflection, after, Talking and hearing other people talk and being acknowledged by other people, there's still two truths about me that I don't like. Well, there's more, but truths that are, um, uh, that are, uh, 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 what's the word that apply to this, um, to this episode. One, I can't still accept my trauma as worse than other people's. I mean of course there's people that have had worse trauma than me and then there's people that haven't had. But we shouldn't try to categorize who's had it worse and who hasn't unless you know, it's about you know who needs more uh, help in the moment and who could maybe, because we have limited resources, unfortunately, which we should work on, doesn't. But other than that, there shouldn't be a categorization of whose trauma has been worse and who hasn't. Um, so that's one. Even though other people have told me that I've had a very traumatic life, and I've, con- I've seen it, you know, and I think about it. But I can't accept that my life has been traumatic, because I always feel well. Some people will probably have had it worse, so I shouldn't complain. But the second one, which is contradictory to the first one, is when other people tell me about their trauma, and it is something that I consider to be less traumatic than mine, which is a very arbitrary scale to have. I feel impatient. I can't really listen to them for all the reasons that I've explained to you. Nobody saw me, nobody listens to me, I, th- I'm, I don't acknowledge my own trauma, I don't accept my trauma as bad, so I can't accept their trauma as bad. And who am I helping that way? No one. Nobody gets help. The person that comes to me to talk about their trauma doesn't get help. The person maybe wanting to help me can't because I'm not allowing it. And that's something that we need to break. We need to start talking about our trauma as men. We need to accept other people's trauma and not immediately go towards dismissiveness or hatred towards another group that have experienced trauma, mostly at the hands of other men or us. But even as someone who inflicts trauma on other people, you can have experienced trauma it sometimes goes along with the territory. Someone who's been abused can become an abuser that doesn't excuse what they're doing, but that also shouldn't stop them from getting the help they need, which I've talked about in a previous episode. And we need to talk about it with each other because one of the biggest um, indicators that PTSD developed is a lack of, of a social network, a social structure that supports you. And as I've also talked about before, a lot of men lack that. A lot of men have very little people in their life who they can actually talk to in a meaningful way, in a way that is not just superficial or that actually allows them to be heard and be seen. Quite often that is their partner and that is a heavy burden to carry that they shouldn't just carry by themselves. So we need to make sure that men have that structure. And we can only do that by allowing men to be vulnerable. Because, for, and I don't understand why. Well, maybe I do, because I also grew up as a man. But we see vulnerability as something that's weak. But it's not. In order to be vulnerable, you have to be really fucking strong, especially in the world we live in. So be strong. Be the tough guy. Be vulnerable. And I'm I'm sorry that this episode was probably maybe a bit all over the place or not what you expected because it is a, a big topic that I still struggle with. So I definitely don't feel confident to be an expert. I mean, I'm not a therapist, as I said. I can only give my views of things if you're interested. And I would like to finish with the view of someone else who's... Whose, um, whose take on this topic I've recently watched and it uh, triggered me and also made me reflect and made me think and I I love her for it and that is Abby Gay from Philosophy Tube. who will probably never see this um, and that's okay. It's not about, you know, getting cred or recognition. But she said in that video or she finished in that video, um having experienced traumatic events. We can never move on, but we can move forward with it. Which I just found was a beautiful statement because it's true. Traumatic events will be with us forever. We will always have experienced it, but we can still have a valuable and good life especially if we allow people to work through their trauma so that they don't re-traumatize themselves or other people again. And another resource I can highly recommend is um, a book called The Body Keeps the Score, which really, really goes into a lot of detail about how um, trauma affects us and what kind of um, long-living, long-term effects it can have and what we can do about it because I can't, get it all in this episode as always unless I would make it very very long but nobody listens to these or reads these long episodes unless you do then please tell me but um, I just want you to be seen and be heard that I see you and I hear you yeah and this is it I thank you for listening and maybe watching Um, if you Liked this episode or this podcast, which I hope, um, then please give it a rating on one of the podcasting apps. Apple Podcast is still the one um, that has the most impact. Uh, Subscribe on YouTube, um, give it a thumbs up, leave a comment um, on something that you think about this episode. And um, yeah, I see and I hear you, and I hope you hear and or see me again next week. Goodbye.